Football is back and so is the Ringer NFL show. Coming at you five days a week with wall-to-wall coverage from recapping the Sunday games, giving a player perspective, deep dives, and previewing the coming slate. Check out the Ringer NFL show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain. Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking... But I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes. Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! It's the biggest night of the year. Can I say this? This is the moment that everyone, I think... Even if this isn't a night, when you listen to it, wait until the night time. Wait for a sense of occasion. Listen to this at 8 p.m. local time. Put on a tux. Absolutely. Practice your uh, gracious, I didn't win the award face. <laughs> <laughs> this is the moment that no one was waiting for. I agree. <laughs> Welcome back to the Stadio Podcast, Ring RC. I'm Musa Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? I can barely contain my excitement, Musa. I'm very <laughs> well, thanks. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Um, yeah. I'm really excited by this, actually. Oh, me too. I think we're the only two, we're the only two people who are excited about this. <laughs> Certainly the only two who are most excited by it. Definitely. Should we do some admin really quick? Because this is the final show of the year. It is indeed. And what a year it's been. It's been a joy. As in... It's been absolutely grim on most on multiple fronts. I've enjoyed myself. Anyway, you don't know. <laughs> we hope everyone had a great Christmas if you celebrated. Hope you enjoyed our Christmas Day episode and that it brought you a little bit of joy. I really loved doing that Christmas Day episode. It was so nice just hearing all of those lovely things that people had enjoyed this year about football. Absolutely. In such a grim year. Yeah. It's just really nice to find positivity in such grimness. Indeed. We hope everyone's staying safe and well. And now that Christmas is over, getting that booster if you can. Yes. Don't forget to check stadio.football. If you want to scroll down and sign up for our newsletter, pop your email address in at the bottom. The newsletter will be back in January. We took a week off after Christmas. We don't use it for anything else, just to send you emails on our newsletter. Stadio Actress Players on Spotify. You want to listen to all the music we play out on each episode. And don't forget, we're on a bit of a Christmas schedule at the moment. So there's going to be two stadios, on the, I think, on the 4th and 6th of January, Tuesday and Thursday, first week back, and then full service resumes the week after stadios on monday right his house is on wednesday and stadios again on thursday yes even though countries may be locking down the stadio podcast after a brief break will not be locking down well by the time you listen to this i'll be in quarantine yes <laughs> oh goodness <laughs> yay wow i think that's everything musa i think that's all the admin it's all the admin but it's certainly not all the excitement yeah it's definitely not all folks because. <laughs> 
we have the 2021 Stadios. The least prestigious awards in any calendar in the history in of calendars. Any industry. <laughs> the least prestigious awards that no one asked for and no one wanted, but you're sure as hell going to get. And you knew what this was by now. This is the third edition of the Stadios. And if you didn't know what this was by now, <laughs> what are you still doing here? <laughs> so let's get on to the Stadios after this. All right, man. So the Stadios, we dropped a couple of awards this year, but we added another. The Ballon Drip and Best Dressed Coach, gone. Yeah. Because it's kind of done now, isn't it? I mean, to be honest, the winners of those categories are so far ahead of the curve, no one's ever going to win them again. Um, to be able yeah, to retire them. It's, but it's going to be like, like Wrighty said about and, and, and Deck winning the Best Presenters Award. You know, we could do it every year and it's always going to be the same. Exactly. And the funny thing was about Anton Deck, I will say this, in the very year that people questioned if Anton Deck actually were worth 20 years straight, they came they up with their greatest up. moment ever. <laughs> <laughs> the Fair greatest play. bars of any presenters, light entertainment presenters yep. ever. Absolutely fair play. Yep. So yep. we've got eight awards to give out uh, the first one is a new award. It's going to be the Existential Moment of the Year Award. Yeah. <laughs> to warm us up. And then also returning for its second year is the Prop Joe Award for the biggest glow up of the year. Exactly. Who managed to finesse the biggest step up in the course of the calendar year? Who lucked the <laughs> fuck out? <laughs> uh, we've got the goal of the year. We've got the angry goal of the year. We've got the team of the year. We've got the player of the year, the coach of the year, and the one that no one wants, but the one that everyone wants to hear. The big one, the Catfish <laughs> of the Year award. And the one, the one, let's be honest, the one which a lot of people secretly want. They secretly want they it. Secretly Much want like it. Moose's All Eyes On Me sending off. Oh, I think you should book me again, referee. Oh no, oh no. I definitely, I definitely, I was definitely not 10 yards away from that. Oh no, oh no, I'm the Catfish. Oh no. <laughs> Moose is the only player who lobbies the referee for decisions against himself. Exactly. <laughs> Most people go over and be like, ref, ref, did you not see what just happened there? Like for players of the opposition, Moose is going over and be like, ref, did you see what I just did there? I just, oh, I pulled ref. his shirt off the ball. Like, I think you should definitely book. Oh, ref, ref. I actually think if you're going to be, if you're going to go by the letter of the law, it's actually a penalty to them. Ref, I committed the defence. In fact, I'd like to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should just send me off and let's both move on. <laughs> Anyway, do you want to kick us off, Musa, with the first award of the Let's 2021 Stadios? Got up. My hands are trembling. Buckle up, everyone. Trembling Buckle up, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. The Stadio Award for Existential Moment of the Year. Runner-up is Arsenal <laughs> losing to Everton on the Monday and the retro collection <laughs> dropping on the Thursday. <laughs> 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 Wizards will never not be funny. I'm sorry, but the thing about Arsenal, whenever they go bad, whenever they play bad or there's a bad result, just quote tweeting. I think I did it the other day with the, the other week with the Optus stat about Arsenal not scoring a penalty this season. Oh my God, quote tweet, kits are nice though. Will never not be funny. Do you know what's so funny about Arsenal? If you have an Optus stat that gets posted and you blank out who the stat is about, you, oh, you know. 75% chance. Expected Arsenals. It'll be expected Arsenals. Um, <laughs> anyway. Another runner-up. They're doing all right at the moment. <laughs> yeah. But no, no, can I say this? Actually, look, but I said this. I, I love what they're doing at the moment. I love the young players. I love what they're doing. So shout mm. out to Arteta. Shout out to the crew. Another runner-up. Roy Keane <laughs> finally admitting on TV shows that very often in games, he'd run around and kick someone just to feel something. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> which countless people sent to me on WhatsApp, Twitter. I was, yeah, it, was amazing. it was incredible. They're like, oh my God, it actually happens. Another runner up, the Raul Jimenez red card for Wolves against Manchester City. A recent one, but definitely worthy of a nomination. You could basically see this man in the course of an entire minute experience every human emotion possible. It feels like he's enacting his own little tragedy. So yeah, this was um, Raul Jimenez is a record runner. But the, win, the winner of this category, the unanimous, has to be... There's only one winner of this. Leo Messi at PSG, <laughs> lying, behind, <laughs> lying down behind the wall for a free kick. Under Herrera's face. <laughs> this was a big, like, I'm under Herrera and you're probably wondering how I got here. <laughs> looking and he back, wasn't even laying behind the wall. Just looking being back, like, looking behind shoulder. him being like, I'm on the same team as Lionel Messi. He's laying down behind the wall. This definitely should be me. But why am I not doing this? How have I got, how, how, how have all of us got away with this? How is the greatest player of all time, in my opinion, and the opinion of countless others, lying down behind a wall for a free kick and actually seeing to kind of enjoy it? No, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it for the team. Was it Marquinhos who's like, Leo, Leo, come sleep behind us. Come sleep behind us or something yeah. like that. It was like, come, that was basically the literal translation, a, I think. So like I was just Pablo like, Neruda. wow, this is incredible. Pablo Neruda and he just went and did it. He yeah. just went and did it. But the picture of, a, you know, one of the most unthinkable signings of all time, in my opinion too, the greatest player of all time, joining a club like PSG where he should be the star man. Right. And there he is in the metaphorical trenches. But you know what's quite profound about this? I think he was... When else will Leo Messi get to do that? That's very true. Maybe he wanted to. Maybe he's like, you know, when uh, you get like this, th- that program, The Secret Boss. Is it The Secret Boss? <laughs> and the CEOs of a company go and work on like right. the front lines. It's, it, was like, it was like that, exactly. It was like, because I think if Messi had done that at Barcelona, no sooner had one shoulder touched the turf, mm-hmm. Bartomeu would have been sacked. I think that could have led. I think if Leo Messi had tried to lie down behind the wall at Barcelona, <laughs> if they'd seen Leo Messi walk over <laughs> to lie down, I think Bartomeu had been gone by full time. They would take him out of the building. And he got to his office. He's like, sorry, Yosef, that was it. That was the final straw. Amazing. Anyway, congrats to Lionel Messi on being the winner of the very first Stadio Existential Moment of the Year award. To be honest, one of the most coveted of all of, all of these awards. If we had a physical award for this, this would definitely be on his mantelpiece. I have that from good I sources. So. I have that from good sources. I think he'd yes, enjoy it. He would. But without further ado. Yes, our second award of the evening. Well, I don't know why I keep saying evening. We're recording this in the morning and it's going yeah, up. But, yeah, morning, but you're but doing it for the occasion. We're doing it for the okay, yeah, occasion. Okay. Oh. Right, let's pretend we're all in the evening. Of the, of the evening, know. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should have done like a, some really, really ropey comedic monologue. You should have, show. yeah. Oh, and I see we have uh, Phil Neville here tonight. He's going to wish he hadn't come. <laughs> all right, the Prop Joe Award for the biggest glow up, aka the biggest, they've done really well to get there award, aka the biggest. Who's their agent? <laughs> Some nominees and runners-up. Danny Alves going back to Barcelona. Incredible. Because wasn't the most popular player at his previous club. Loathed at Sao Paulo. Absolutely loathed. With all due respect, he's knocking on a bit. Tough time of it there. Tough time of it there. Just didn't work out. Not the springest of chickens. No longer. Can you say springiest? Springy? <laughs> springiest. This, yeah. Spring. Yeah. It's our podcast. We, just, we can say what we want. Second nominee and runner-up. Multiple nameless players of the PSG squad who just cannot believe their luck when they look around the the rest of the team photo. (laughs) And do you know what? Enjoy it, because why not? Yeah. I mean, I must say, particularly when the kind of the transfer window came in and players of that calibre began shuffling 
into the dressing room. You know, PSG have huge players already. Let's not get, let's not get that twisted, but still. Some people's grams went to the next level. They did. Was- <laughs> when they saw that transfer window, and we're, obviously we're in Germany, and um, let's just say there was a lot of attention on Julian Draxler's position within that PSG squad. <laughs> However, we did mention him and we said that he might regret coming here tonight. And that is because he is the winner of the Prop Joe Award 2021. <laughs> Phil Neville being appointed as into Miami head coach because his Spanish is good. An, ast- <laughs> <laughs> an astonishing promotion. Going from the end of his England women career and the focus that was on him and the stuff that had been written about him and basically the football that they were playing given that squad. To transfer from that to... This man has truly risen for the ashes, really. Big Phil, really. Drew Hill, <laughs> South Beach bringing the heat. <laughs> I think that NASA need to study for Neville's career for superhuman levels of resilience. If you could make material from the substance of Phil Neville's career, you could achieve interstellar travel. You could. Like, th- th- there is nothing that can affect his trajectory in a negative direction. There really isn't. And I will say this to anybody, anyone listening, this should be inspiring to, if you make enough friends in football, you'll always land just fine. So all of you starting out in football, not like old grey beers like myself, whose hair's falling out. You're starting out in football, make as many friends as you can and you can never, ever fail. On that note... Uh, anyway, move, congratulations, Phil. Yes, yes. These, these awards, um, the recipients, well, the nominees will be slightly happier to be named for these, I think. So this is for the Stadio... Goal of the Year Award. Oh, big one coming up so soon. In the Some order. incredible, incredible candidates. So let's just run through them. And we should not We should mention some huge, huge, huge goals that, were, that didn't kind, make it in this. Now, you're, you're kinder than me. I don't want to mention them at all. No, they should have scored better goals. <laughs> Listen, you know what the Stadio listeners are like? Bunch of snitches. Our mentions are going to be like, what about this goal? What about uh, this goal? Okay, then. Okay, then. Okay. So, um, Thiago for Liverpool against Porto. Wow. Astonishing strike. I compared it to a shot skimming off the surface, a stone skimming off the surface of a pond. Some doubt whether it even touched the ground at all. Everyone sort of agreed that it was simply exceptional. It was mind-blowing. It took the trajectory of a frisbee, like yeah. a professional frisbee thrower, but like pinging it at about you know, centimetres off the floor and then it gliding up a little bit. It was unbelievable. I think that's why it's in there for the, one of the goals of the year because... It is, it is. It's such a unique strike. Yeah, like no one's seen anything like that for a very long time. Mm. And then afterwards they ask him what he thinks of it. He's like, yeah, um, yeah, it was a good goal. Like, he gives the impression of someone that does that in training quite a lot. Mm. <laughs> um, Romu Lukaku for Inter against AC Milan simply because when he scored Air this... Horn. When he scored this, yeah, because there was a hole, there was a lot of hype going into this game. Uh-huh. It was Lukaku versus Slatan, who was the king of Milan, and it was it was a decisive moment in the in the championship in terms of Inter's challenge and what it said for Inter, and also the nature of the goal was pure Lukaku. It did everything he'd done this year. He was surging past one man, past another, and finishing with real aplomb, reminiscent of George Weir, actually. Um, mm. in the same stadium that Weyer did so many marvellous things in. So Lukaku's up there. Leon Goretzka, Germany gets Hungary, not only for the iconic strike, which came as a sub to knock Hungary out and send Germany to the next round, but also the astonishing celebration, which he confirmed later on Twitter, that was actually the gay prize celebration. Love wins in front of a row of, let's be honest, the gnarliest looking fascists we've mm. seen in a very, very long time. So gnarly, in fact, that the German police 
15 minutes before full time had already assembled to police the area. Then we've got Caroline Weir for Manchester City against oh, Manchester United. God, this goal was so good. There were a few outstanding chips. I said flu, but that's probably correct. A few outstanding chips this year, but this one, the context, the competition, United was surging at that point in terms of, mm. you know, they were looking really, really useful. Um, and Weir stepped up and did that. Just the, the, the execution of that. And it's a little drag back before as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, everything. The thing about the chip is, the beauty about the chipped goal is the setup, actually. Mm. There's so many brilliant elements, but the moment the player decides to disguise what they're going to do, and the drag back is hard as well because you're then, you don't have a clear sight. You've got to create the look. So she creates the look and executes a wonder strike. Another one, uh, Sarah Zadrasil, the runner-up, Sarah Zadrasil, wow. Bayern Munich against Chelsea. It was funny because when I saw this strike, it was hit with astonishing fury. It was hit so hard, she actually like almost goes backwards. It's like watching a, a cannonball, right? It's like watching a recoil. This, this shot is so hard that she herself has recoil from it. Like, so, yeah. It's unreal. Like, um, she's having a really good time at, Bar- uh, at Bayern. Yeah, but by, by the time she hits the shot, she's high enough off the ball, off the ground. You know, there's like those sort of small garden walls you get in like suburban housing. It's like she's standing on a garden wall. Yeah, yeah, it's like that. Um, and the only reason I didn't put it to the anchor got gathered because she runs away and her face is full of glee. Yeah. Astonishing strike, semi-final of the um, Women's Champions League, Bayern against Chelsea. But the winner has to be for technique, timing, context, stage. Mo Salah against Manchester City. I could not argue with that. And I feel it's funny with goal of the year because at first you're like, oh no, there's so many candidates. Then you go, actually, no, this is, this is the comfortable winner, in my opinion. I think so too. I think there may have been goals that looked a little bit more spectacular this year and there may have been goals that potentially may have been greater from a technical point of view this year. But it's all, it's like you said, it's about everything. Everything. The size of the fixture, the stage of the game, the technique, the finish, the, the, against a really, 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 really elite defence. Right. In Manchester City. And a wonderful goalkeeper as well. Right. Just everything. It's like everything. It was essentially playing a game on absolute maximum difficulty with zero assists on and still getting the highest score. And placing the ball. Kind of thing. The players he goes past. I think Bernardo Silva's one of them. Mm. He goes past Bernardo Silva, who defensively has been outstanding this year. Mm. And he puts the ball in the only part of the net, in that court of Edison's net where the only player in the world that can put it there is someone like Leo Messi or Mo Salah or maybe like Lewandowski. That's it, basically. Yeah. Um, like five, there were like four or five players maximum. Yeah. And I was, and I was, I was let this, alone in the context. The change of direction that Mo Salah puts on the ball when he's dribbling, I compared it to the Kevin Durant crossover mm. in terms of being a, a move which, a dribbling move which, when the player is set, there's pretty much no way of defending it. Like if Mo Salah decides to beat you, on a left-right dribble, you're basically done. Like, if he, if he comes for you and he's got his balance right, you're not stopping that. So yeah, that's the goal of the year. I think the right decision. I think, and quite a wholesome award, I think, as well, which is always nice to have some balance in the stadios. Let's do one more and then before we go to a break. It's the, it's the Angry Goal of the Year Award. Love this one. Some nominations and runners-up. Mikhail Antonio. Yes. Against the USA. Jamaica, USA, yeah. Third cap for Jamaica, I think, in his second goal. My goodness. And it was a ferocious strike. Yeah. Kieran Tierney. 
I don't think I've seen a goal that encapsulates Glasgow <laughs> quite so much <laughs> as this goal against Benfica. Every time I mention Glasgow, I'm just like, I miss Glasgow. I need to go to Glasgow. One of the great towns. Any Glaswegian listeners, when we start doing Stadio Live stuff, if we're ever allowed to do it because of COVID, we should definitely do one in Glasgow. Love to do one. What a town. Anyway, sorry, I digress. Anyway, Kieran Tierney's lovely angry goal against Benfica for Arsenal. Memphis Depay's angry goal against Athletic. His first for Barcelona, yeah. His first for Barcelona and very much kind of like, right, this is my team now. Yeah, and also I can't believe how much has fallen apart since my arrival. Yeah, already. <laughs> but the winner of the angry goal of the year is Lionel Messi for Barcelona against PSG. And Musok Wonga is about to tell you why. Yeah, so this goal came in the Champions League and Barcelona up against it as they have been for several months now and continue to be. And Messi is like, what, 30 yards out and just unleashes. And now this is the context of a player who quite early in his career was not known for thrashing the ball, was very much known for the side foot finish and only started smashing the ball in anger. The first time Messi was seen smashing the ball, I think Sid Lowe referred to this, it was in the, the three-all draw and he gets the hat-trick at the age of 19 against Real Madrid. And the first time he smashes it is into the roof of the net for his first goal in the hat-trick at the age of 19 in the Classico. And that is important mm-hmm. because it was hit with the same type of anger. And it's really interesting that Leo Messi announced his arrival in Barcelona on the big stage and kind of his departure with the same intensity, the same fury. And this goal felt like he was raging against the dying of the light, mm-hmm. picks the ball 30 yards out and he absolutely clatters it. Like, I think he could have burst it. Like, if, if you gave him, like, one of the sort of the... If you simulate this a thousand times with, like, footballers of, like, varying weakness, I think there's a certain one at which he bursts it. He actually mm. bursts it. And he rips this ball top corner. And Kayla Navas is one of the best shot stoppers in footballing history and wanted no parts of it. I think also, yeah, the thing... <laughs> The thing about this goal as well is that, you know, it comes in the, when Barcelona are 4-1 down in the tie. Right, right. And he kind of picks the ball up, like you mentioned, and he just looks up and the way that he hits it and then turns around, Navas has got no chance. He turns around and gives it a big vamos, but it's an angry vamos. Yeah, it's furious. And it's just like, right, away goal, 4-2, fuck this shit. Like, and can you imagine if someone had stopped him one there, if like, you know, those pause time moments. Yeah. Like, Leo, by this time next year, you'll actually be playing for PSG. You know what's funny about though, in a weird kind of way, if you said to him, you'll be playing at PSG next year, he'll be like, to be honest with you, at some level I sensed it. I sensed something was wrong. Mm. You don't hit a strike like that if you don't feel something's wrong. Like that was mm. hit with, Thierry Henry is the classic example of this, the anger strike against West Ham. Mm. When he came oh off- Oh my God, yeah. Yeah, you, you, he actually came off the field and you're like, my God, that, look, that looked angry at the time. Yeah, still because, shaking. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Congrats, Leo. His second award of the night. Yeah. An angry goal of the year to go with his existential moment of the year. <laughs> Oh, get your man who could do both. Exactly. He can do it all, frankly. Uh, Let's take a break. Let's do it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
All right, man, back with the team of the year. You're up. Wow, it's hotting up now, really hotting up now. So the award for Stadio team of the year, some great contenders here, actually. All great contenders. Mm. And actually, all are arguable worthy winners. I've got to say that. I agree. The one team that maybe doesn't quite, having said that doesn't quite make the podium, I would say is Chelsea men, only because they took a little while to heat up this year, but really got going, obviously winning the Champions League, just astonishing achievement. But Chelsea men are definitely in the mix as a nominee. Bit of a wobble before Christmas. That's well right, that's right. But still just, you know, what a team. Canada women for winning the Olympic gold. Absolutely gash out. They were they were very, very close to winning team of the year, actually. Yeah, outstanding achievement. Outstanding achievement. Because of the size of the achievement, yeah. In context to what the you know, the history of Canadian soccer. Yeah. I mean it's it's, it's been a great year for Canadian soccer. Yeah. All right. You look at the men's team as well, what they're doing in the World Cup qualifiers. The emergence of players on both sides and obviously Christine Sinclair breaking the record last year it was, I think, right? Christine Sinclair broke the all the uh, the all time international goals. Yeah. Record. Last year. Oh, it was at the beginning of the year, sorry. It was I think it was at the very beginning of this year she did it. Okay. Um what a year. Huge year. And what's really great is those players have gone on to produce strong performances. Very often when players come to prominence, they kind of get in quotes found out, which you seen with some players from other nations actually, but not not with the Canadian crop. Lille as well in the mix mm. for winning Ligue 1 under Christophe Gautier. Just an astonishing achievement. I mean, their, their form this season isn't, I mean, they're, they're, they're nowhere near it in Liga, And I think that that stopped them being a proper, proper shout for team of the year. But just, you know, winning against an absolutely stacked PSG. Mm. Chelsea women for claiming the treble. I know they, they had a unfortunate early exit from the Champions League, but in the course of this year, what they produced has been remarkable. Runner-up, Italy for winning Euro 2020, mm. rescheduled Euro 2020 tournament with a masterclass from Roberto Mancini. Mm. And really in terms of the resurrection of Italian football, um, the resurrection is strong, but a team, well, a country that had struggled, I think, mm. in, in recent seasons. And Roberto Mancini not only restoring the identity of Italy, but also getting to play some of the most entertaining football Italy have played in many years. For a long time, yeah. Yeah, yeah, really, it's wonderful. Because of the journey that England went on, I think a lot of that got lost with what Italy were doing. And also, they were kind of quite fortunate to go through against Spain in the semi-final. Yeah. But also, I think resurrection is a really good, I think that's a very accurate way of describing it, actually, because they went through this whole rethink after missing out on World Cup qualification, which was a a, a real low and Almost unthinkable. In the history of the the national side, yeah. 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 and to come back and then win the tournament after, I think, is genuinely unbelievable. Right. And it would, it would take only an astonishing all-time team, only an exceptional team to defeat all of those in this category. And the team that has to win uh, this year's Team of the Year is Barcelona Femeni, who were just, who are just and remain all-conquering, all-conquering at the time yep. of recording. They just won their last um, couple of games in the Champions League by four-goal margins. You know, it's funny with uh, Barcelona Femeni, uh you know that scene in Interstellar when they, they arrive on that sort of alien planet and they're looking, they go, oh my goodness, look at those mountains, look at those mountains coming. And they go, those aren't mountains. Those, mm. That's a tidal wave. That's a Barcelona Femeni felt like to me because when I first saw them atop their division, um, the Primera, I was like, oh, that's a mountain. They're just a very good team. It's like, no, no, that's, that's a tidal wave. Like, they genuinely are that good. And the first time you actually clocked it, credit to you because you said, look at Atleti. Atleti is seventh in the Champions League. This was last year. And they 
they ran Chelsea that close in the Champions League. Seventh in the league, yeah. Seventh in the league. Ran, and I was like, yeah. they ran that close. And I was like, whoa, whoa, that, that's Atleti. Mm. And I watched a couple of games, um, not just the Champions League, but the domestic games. And I was like, the way this team puts you away. You know, it's not just the, the score lines, actually. The mesmeric nature of the football, the, the opening half I saw them play against Arsenal. This is an Arsenal that had just come off the back of a 3-2 win over Chelsea, looking really, really good in the league. The first half of football that Barcelona put on Arsenal, I think it was 4-0 at half time. I actually saved the stat. I had to screenshot the stats because they were so incredible. It was like 19 attempts on goal. That is one of the best halves of football I've seen anywhere in the last, yeah. in the last 10 years, actually. If the context of what Barcelona were and what Arsenal were, and they were resurgent. If, you, if, if I had to put like the top 45 minutes of football I've seen in the last 10 years, that's a candidate for the top 10. Yeah, I mention this all the time. This is becoming like my Brazil story. But when I saw them in the 2019 final against Lyon, yeah. they were absolutely torched by Lyon. I've, I've, I struggle to remember a more dominant performance that I've seen on the pitch by any player than Ada Higgerberg in that game. Mm. The journey that they've been on since has just been unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, it's the first trouble in their history and it ended Leon's dominance in the yeah. tournament as well, which is just unbelievable. Yeah, And it shows how quickly with smart investment and taking it seriously, professionalizing, maximizing the investment, infrastructure, and just really good coaching yeah. and really good players, how quickly you can turn a side into a force. And they've got this thing now that few teams possess, but that it, it's just... They're already essentially a goal up before you've stepped on the field. Yeah. But teams just fear you to the level that you're already kind of ahead. It's, it's, it's a wild, wild thing. They're absolutely the team of the year for me. There's a hot take that um, Chelsea reconfigured so thoroughly because of that one defeat. It's a strong argument that the entire Chelsea's reconfiguration was in response to that final defeat. Congratulations to Barcelona. Also, this is the thing. Obviously, they may not win the Champions League, but Leon have been the fav clear favourite for so many years. But to be replaced so quickly by Barcelona to this extent is remarkable in itself. So yeah, congratulations to Barcelona. Congrats, Barca. Congratulations. It's me, right? Player of the year? Well, I'm not the player of the year, but I'm reading the player of the year nominees. Okay, the player of the year nominees are, well, there's a shout for Mo Salah. Yes. Obviously. The four real nominees we think is, have had more con more consistent seasons, maybe. Yeah, he, is that he, he shout? Is that going to piss people off? Um, probably, can, but we've got to have some confidence. Already. But we're shouting out Mo Salah. He's not our player of the year, but we, we're shouting him out. Yeah, he really, really heated up. Like he's, this precise moment, arguably the best player on the planet, but in terms of hitting that peak, was not at that peak precise right at the start of the year. But yeah, and that's fair. So the nominees are Frank Kirby, who has returned from a health condition to have a phenomenal year at Chelsea. Yeah. And it's been, playing some of the best football we've ever seen her play. Yeah. It's just amazing to see her back. Another nominee is someone from Chelsea Men. Yes. We're going to shout out Tony Rudiger. Yes. Because he has been unbelievable for Chelsea this year. Key part of that Champions League winning squad, Champions League winning side. Chelsea have really missed him when he's not been there. And also he's just been part of this unbelievable transformation of Chelsea's defensive unit. Yeah. You you think you think what they where they were at under Lampard compared to where they are or where they became you know with the yes they've had a little bit of a wobble they conceded three against West Ham for example but on the whole they were transformed and he, he was, was widely mocked as well he was widely mocked <clears throat> mocked for his performances for Germany for Chelsea and now he's being linked with Real Madrid I know yeah, yeah. and just yeah we love we love Rudiger we really do. Another shout is Robert Lewandowski. 
who broke Gerd Muller's Bundesliga scoring record in a single season last year. And uh, in the final round of games before the winter break in Germany, broke Gerd Muller's record for goals in a calendar year. He scored 43 in 2021 and Gerd Muller's recent, uh, Gerd Muller's record of 42 was set in 1972. So he broke an almost 50 year long record. Incredible. This year. Yeah. But the winner of the 2021 Stadio Player of the Year award is should pretend I'm opening an envelope. <laughs> it could only be one. Alexia Patelis. Yeah, without question. Without question. Alexia Patelis finally getting the Ballon d'Or that she has deserved for a long, long time. Being so integral to that Barcelona side, as we talked about before, it was only there was only one person who was going to win that award this year, and that was her. Yeah, yeah, without question. We were blessed to see her play live against Arsenal, and she absolutely ran the show. Yeah, from an unfamiliar position. The thing about um, Patelis is that if you look at the other players in that Barcelona team, you could have five of them top 10 in the world, mm. like easy, easy. And to stand out as she does and to orchestrate all of that, this is the thing people don't realise that being the primary playmaker in a team full of playmakers and running everything where everyone's comfortable handling the ball, being dominant in the ball and she can do that but can also step back when need and allow them to express themselves. You know, what was interesting with the game against uh, Arsenal that we saw was the deference and uh, the trust in your other players to just get the thing done. Um, so yeah, just a superb leader, a superb technician and scoring decisive goals and huge assists throughout the season. She's been unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. Yeah. and. Um... I can't think of enough superlatives to describe her as a player, to be honest. It's been really funny seeing the, the, the people who have covered women's football for a long, long time talk about Alexia Patelis for a long, long time. Mm. And this year really felt like the first time that she crossed over into mainstream discourse. And obviously that helped because of the Ballon yeah. d'Or stuff, but I think yeah. that just in general, I think people were paying a lot more attention to Barcelona this year. It's funny cause I don't really because like, I don't really like individual awards, actually. Well, you could have told me, man, we could have just not done this episode. No, but I'm being existential. So like in, in, in a general <laughs> sense, like, I don't really like awards for, you know, books or whatever, all these things. At the same time, it's like, I don't like them until someone I really respect gets awarded them. And then I'm mm. like, wow, recognition really matters. If, if, if it means this award has to exist for this kind of recognition, then I'm all for it. Um, so yeah. Many congratulations to Alexa Patelis. Which one would she rather have? You know, the Ballon d'Or or the Stadio? The Stadio. <laughs> Some big players have won this in the past. One day, someone's going to acknowledge the Stadios. One day. One day, one day, and then we'll be the happiest people. But until then... And then we're in trouble. <laughs> so, the next award, the penultimate award. Oh, you know what? So, Parting such sweet sorrow. The penultimate award of the 2021 Stadios is the coach of the year. Wow. Some superb candidates here. Mm-hmm. So shouts for Imanol at Real Sociedad for winning the Copa del Rey and, and also just the iconic celebration in the press conference afterwards. Just all of that and just what that means to the region. Hard hit by COVID and emerging with a superb victory in a derby as well. Luis Cortez, the erstwhile coach, now applying his trade as coach of Ukraine women's, but all conquering Barcelona for many side. Emma Hayes, the coach of Chelsea women, who needs no introduction, no explanation, but just a superb all round. So the runner-up, Roberto Mancini at Italy. For the reasons we mentioned. The coaching masterclass. And also, can I just say this, to coach so well at both domestic and international level, 
the different mm. skill sets that requires. Cannot praise that enough. Can I just give one other shout out, honourable mention? Yeah, sure. David Moyes. Uh, yes, yes. David Moyes has to be in the conversation. It's kind of unbelievable. Where you look where West Ham were. Yeah, exactly. Extremely impressive, yeah. But the winner this year has to be for what he achieved in France. Christophe Gautier, formerly of that of the Lille parish. Now of Nice. Now of Nice. And the Gautier victory at Lille, just the football was so thrilling, but not only the football within that, like the stories in there, like Burak Yilmaz and Jonathan David, like the old, the veteran gunslinger <laughs> and the young gun, like Renato Sanchez, revived career. Jose Fonte, like with a kind of, um, not a last hurrah, but, you know, like a really, like a vintage, a vintage performance. Just so many great individual stories within this Lille team and Gautier at the helm and also where he brought Lille from. The whole arc of Lille's achievement was really impressive and outstanding. Absolutely. I mean, when he took charge of the club in 2017, they were 18th. They escaped relegation by a point that season. The following season, they finished second in the, cha- in the league. And it was the first time they went back into the Champions League, I think after seven years. So back in, it must have been back in the Eden Hazard days. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. yeah. They obviously won the league last season. It's, we've talked about the achievement that, that that was. But also, now he's at Nice. Nice finished ninth in the league last season. And at the time of recording, they're fourth. And they're two points off second. Lille, meanwhile, are 11th. So the Galtier effect is real. Yeah, It's a real so. thing. And I think that, um, you know, there've been some unbelievable coaches and there's been some unbelievable coaching this season. Yeah. But I think in a season, we're in a year where so much has happened. Like, you know, we did the grateful episode on Christmas day where a lot of people were talking about things they were grateful for. But also there's been a lot of noise around this year and a lot of really horrible stuff. I kind of think stepping back, if you think about the football stories that have happened this year, I think the Galtier and Lille story has kind of got a been, it's been a bit forgotten actually. It has very much so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just think that he is, I mean, I, I love Christophe Galtier and I think he's done an amazing year and that achievement is going to go down as one of the biggest achievements, especially in French football in the modern era, I think. Well, people look back, yeah, people, it's going to be one of those ones people look back and because again, the churn, the chaos of the last year and a half has not let the dust to settle. Mm. But that would definitely be one of those people people would be like, wow, that actually happened. But also knowing the time to leave. I know yeah. there was a lot of noise about how the financial position that Lille were in and that they might have had to like be mined, like the squad might have got mined. It didn't really get pulled apart as much as people thought it would have in the summer. But I think what Galtier did when he was just kind of like, as far as I can go, it's unbelievable. So yeah, thoroughly deserved coach of the year, I think. Love it. Oh, we're down to the main award. The main award. Oh my goodness. The final award of the Can we just give a pause for everyone to rush back from the toilets and turn off their phones because some of you are ignoring these awards so far in the listening process. Your attention may have drifted. I'd like to take this moment to thank everyone in the audience tonight and to congratulate all of the award winners so far and all of the nominees. You've all been, you all deserve to win, (laughs) especially those in the prop joke category. However, it's the final award of the night and it's often what people acknowledge as the main award. This will get, this will get the headlines tomorrow for sure. It's the 2021 Stadio Catfish <laughs> of the Year award. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love your reaction to this every year. It's so good. That's it's why just... I make sure I read it because you get, you get the boosted reaction. <laughs> Should we have an explanation for what the Catfish of the Year is for those who don't know? All right. So the Catfish of the Year award was, was something that was conceived for those who found us through the ringer or through the pandemic. 
catfish was a term that Musa used for football clubs usually or teams even before Stadio was Stadio existed it was when we did something else a team that offers so much potential fails to deliver or, or kind of tricks you into thinking these, these could finish top four this season wow the, the, and then they finish ninth they could, this, could be ama- this could be amazing to the point where we turned Everton against Arsenal as El Cat for show the Catfish cat Derby, derby. Yeah. Super, actually no Everton Arsenal is the Super Cat for show yeah it's the Super Cat for show because and then multiple other derbies make up a catfish show. We don't use individuals as catfish. No. An individual cannot be a catfish in a football sense. Yeah. But a collective can. Indeed it can, very much so. A school of catfish. <laughs> a school of catfish. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on to the 2021 Catfish of the Year Award. Nominees are Atletico Madrid <laughs> for winning La Liga, but doing their absolute best not to. <laughs> a rare case of catfishery showing signs long before they became a catfish actually <laughs> foreshadowing a rare case of a catfish winning the league yeah yeah and thus double catfishing everyone so it was the catfish paradox because they ran away with it and everyone's just like Atleti are amazing then they stumbled and they stumbled a little bit more and then they were like actually I don't think anyone's that, that tweet that I kept getting I kept retweeting that I wrote I don't think anyone wanted to win La Liga last year. No, they didn't. Eventually, Atleti begrudgingly won La Liga. And then this year have decided that they have no idea what they are anymore. Yes. And they've essentially ca- they haven't catfished everyone. They've catfished themselves, themselves as well. Do you want to qualify for the next stage of the Champions League? Eh, might as well. Mm, might as well. Sure. Yeah, I'm not really bothered about the league now we've done it. Are we going to play like our old shithousery or are we going to try and play some attacking flowing football? Yeah, I don't know. Bit of A, bit of B. Yeah, no idea. Keep them guessing. Keep them guessing. Um, so Atleti are absolutely in there without question another shout is PSG men as well because <laughs> PSG men I'd say catfish light they're absolutely a catfish if you look at their place in Liga their results alone you'd be like oh this team's playing really well and they're absolutely not and also because Poch came in and everyone was just a bit like oh okay okay they've got Poch now yeah. And then people realise that actually this is probably one of the worst teams that Poch can go and ch- coach because it's just not a Poch cheat, yeah, Poch not team at, at all. all. So th- that's a little bit of a cheap nominee, but it had to go in there. Yeah. The main runner-up though. Oh my God. <laughs> Turkey at the Euros. <laughs> the amount of us who believed. <laughs> So oh, many. I, be- I believed. The funny thing about the funniest thing about this, about Turkey's poor performance at the Euros, which is it's not funny of itself, but the, the funny th- the one funny thing about it was that I had supporters of the Turkey national football team actually writing to me and apologizing. Yeah, being <laughs> like, like, we don't even know what the We F- have no F- idea F- what happened. Yeah. Look, it's such a catfish that we we've been catfished ourselves and we watch this team much more than you do. We just have no idea what's happened here. But they're going to be only one winner of the 2021 Catfish of the Year Award. This catfish, well, this award last season wasn't given to any individual entity or thing. It was given to the year as a whole because the year completely catfished us and we couldn't bring ourselves to award anyone the Catfish of the Year Award in, in such a grim year in 2020. In 2021, though, as the saying goes... And then a hero comes along. (laughs) 
<laughs> when a hero comes along and it has to win the gong, everyone, in a year where we thought maybe it might be a little bit cruel to award anything, the 2021 Stadio Catfish of the Year Award, <laughs> a catfish so large emerged that Musa stood there next to me and said, those aren't hills, Ryan. Those aren't mountains. <laughs> Have I built this enough yet? It's incredible. <laughs> the winner of the 2021 Stadio Catfish of the Year Award is... <laughs> the European Super League. <laughs> the, the, the European Super League, a catfish so big it's the size of an actual continent. A catfish so magnificent. You know, like when Salman Rushdie got awarded the greatest Booker Prize of all the Booker Prizes that existed. I honestly think that if we're still doing the stadiums 25 years from now and we award the catfish of all catfish, I can confidently predict that the European Zoogly will be the biggest catfish of them all. Because, and this is because, there were so many elements. I think the, every catfish needs an element of comedy, right? The decision of a bunch of marketing types and corporate types in a boardroom, goodness knows what substances were consumed on the way to think this was actually a good idea. Mm -hmm. This is like executives who take care of the Rolling Stones accounts, listening to so much Rolling Stones and thinking, you know what? We've listened to so much of their music. We could do a concert tour. We could do a band. Look, listen, we know all the lyrics. We could be we the could, Rolling Stones. We could be the This is literally what the European Secret League was. Because the moment, the moment this plan actually was introduced into the open air, into the atmosphere, it evaporated. You know, if the, the moment this, it was so funny. The funniest thing with the European Super League was as a catfish was that it was presented with so much confidence and so much brass neck. My goodness, if I had this confidence, I'd be retired already. Introduced in the public domain with so much confidence. And now you can barely find a person to defend it. I've never heard the doors of a clown car opening and closing with such volume. The Grandpa Simpson gif. He takes was, his hat off, turns around, puts it straight back on, and out he goes. It was incredible. I mean, don't, don't you remember when the, there was a moment actually wasn't there, and, I, and the joke aside, when the European Super League was introduced, there was a split second where I was like, this is terrifying. I was like, this is done. Yeah, I was like, this is done. Like, I, I, I genuinely remember when the news broke, honestly, I remember thinking, this is it. This is, this is it. This is actually it. This is the moment that I think many of us have been waiting for, and it's going to happen. Yeah. And the entity as a, as a singular thing has been a catfish and it is absolutely thoroughly deserving of the Catfish of the Year Award because anyone involved in it, and I include my own club in that. And mine too. Should be absolutely ashamed of themselves. In the couple of years that we've been through, a money grab by the richest and most powerful clubs in the game is completely shameful. I, I know this is a bit of a comedic award and we no, we no, but I'm we glad we have lose to go sight in. about no, how... No, we have to go in. We have to go in. We shouldn't lose sight about how absolutely... For, for a start, it was pathetic. Yeah. Secondly, it was completely shameful. And third, we should never forget what these clubs did. Yeah. And the fact that it actually resulted in the finalisation of the UEFA Champions League changing yeah. to a system that is very, very similar albeit no, you know, it's not a closed shop, to the Super League. The, on, the ongoing effects from the Super League are real and they're actually happening, even though the Super League has completely collapsed. 
And we spoke about this many, many times on the podcast over the last couple of years or 18 months specifically when Project Big Picture was announced, another absolutely shit idea yeah. from some clubs that should know better, that football had a real chance to, to kind of step up and, and change for the good. But unfortunately, I think that much of what has happened because of it has been the complete wrong thing to do. And I'm absolutely delighted that it collapsed. And, but the, the effects of it haven't been completely non-existent. No, and they've also, I think, got away with it. If you think about, I mean, and those directors as well, I mean, like how many, how many directors had to step down because of this? And you know, the fact they engineered this by themselves with such brass neck. Yep. To me, it's almost a question of when they're going to try it again. But that is the catfish of the year. And it's obviously a somber note to an extent, but I think it's important to reiterate what a different path football could have taken if it hadn't been for the ordinary supporters, quite frankly. Yep. Stepping Absolutely. up. Absolutely. And, and, yeah. and, and actually channeling a lot of fury and not just like, you know, sinking into apathy, not going, this is inevitable. It's funny because you put out, I think, two or three pieces on that. I think we did a couple mm. of podcasts on it. I did a guest podcast with a Trash Future podcast. It really felt like that was a, a week to mobilize and galvanize mm -hmm. around this issue. And they tried it in a pandemic. They were sly. They tried doing it in closed doors yep. under the cover of night. Do you know what? In the words of the great Robert De Niro, like he said live once on CNN <laughs> on a, about 11 a.m. on a Sunday morning, fuck him, fuck him. <laughs> but we went a bit serious there, but let's, uh, let's all just laugh at some very, very rich dudes who tried to make a a jump for their own league Absolutely. and then collapsed 48 hours later. Exactly. It fell hard. You are all thoroughly deserving of the 2021 Stadio Catfish of the Year Award. And so say all of us. Enjoy it. <laughs> Drink it in. <laughs> we hope you'll never see anything like this ever again. <laughs> and that's the Stadios, man. That's it. We're done for 2021. Yes, yes. Um, We should probably get out of here, but... um. Before we do, I want get to say out of here a massive, and into quarantine. Oh, exactly. Anyway, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, not. I'm not. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. A massive, massive, massive thank you to everyone for the support and the kind words and the kind emails and the loves and supporting the merchandise. You did amazing things, yeah, raising yeah. all that money for charity this year. We're very, very lucky. We don't take this for granted, and we just want to say a massive thank you to everyone who's checked our work, shared our work recommended it to people, got in touch. Can't thank you enough. And yeah. thanks so much for 2021 in, an, in another very, very challenging year. Yeah, we hope everyone's staying safe and well and getting vaccinated if you can. Anything you want to add, Musok Gwanga? No, I'm good. Said it all perfectly. Um, so oh, grateful. Well, I also want to thank Musok Gwanga for his patience with my nonsense this year. <laughs> well, and uh, looking forward to many more books in 2022. Ha <laughs> well, working on one or two things, but we'll see. We'll see what happens in the next couple of years. We'll try to get us out. But yeah, thank you, Ryan. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, as ever, been a really joyful year. So thanks for all your amazing work on this project. Not only the and work you, that people here, but also the work behind the scenes, the countless hours of work that no one sees. Um oh, which we're all good. grateful to for not only on Stadia but also Mighty's house. I know everyone's grateful too. Oh, um shut up, you're gonna make me cry. Ha ha ha. Sorry, I had to drop you in it there. One last shout out of admin, Stadio Outros playlist on Spotify. Search for Stadio Outros. You'll find all of the music we play on with each episode. And we're playing out on our final tune of the year, playing in 2022 on a wonderful cover of Donny Hathaway and Roberta Flax back together again by Gene and Trevor. I'm going to let it run for a little bit. Turn it up. Enjoy the new year, everyone. Much love. We'll see you in 2022. Take care. See you then. 